change the way we produce food to both meet the needs of humans whilst regenerating our soils and ecosystems? And can we do so in a way that improves the financial viability of farms? These questions are becoming increasingly urgent to answer, and we're here to investigate a promising technique called agroforestry in order to find out how it can help us with these challenges. We'll be interviewing farmers, scientists, and other experts to share with you their experiences, practical advice, and scientific research. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Regenerative Agroforestry Podcast. I'm your host, Etienne. Today, I have the pleasure of sharing with you an interview with Fabien Balaguet from the French Agroforestry Association. We've been waiting for a while to get someone on the show to talk about agroforestry in France because a lot of things are happening around here. And I think Fabien is the perfect guest to do that. His organization is leading the way in developing agroforestry practices in France. They offer technical guidance to farmers, facilitate knowledge sharing, and pretty much do everything required to get projects off the ground. Fabien has a great overview of some of the challenges and opportunities coming with developing agroforestry in a European context. And I was really impressed by his pragmatic and smart approach. And I'm sure many of you will find it as interesting as I did. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Fabien, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. And um, let's start with a bit of an introduction on you and uh, who are you and uh, how did you get into agroforestry? Wow, that's a long story. <laughs> and a broad question as usual. Um, well, just to, to, to try and make it as concise as possible. I'm First of all, I'm an agronomist. Uh, that's what I have been uh, since I started to study that, that subject. Um, I'm passionate about agriculture and, and agronomy since a really long time ago, since I was a child, actually. Um, and then I discovered agroforestry in, um, in my, my studies, um, quite early in my studies, actually. And then I specialized in uh, agroforestry. I did a, a master's um, at Bangor University in Wales. Um, and agroforestry has become, has become on my main job. Um, at first, I worked in, um, in tropical countries. Um, in cooperation, as we say, uh, so in the in the Sahel, uh, which means between Senegal and Ethiopia, um, and I work initially a little bit with the World Agroforestry Center, uh, which is based in in Kenya, but I was there in uh, East Africa, um, in different countries, uh, and then I started working with NGOs uh, all across the Sahel. Well, to me, Africa is a, is a big is a big handbook of of the well thought agronomy and agroecology uh, from soil to landscape. Because of course, you, you talk about soil fertility, but you talk also about natural resource management, uh, and of course, climate change and and how to manage all that. It was a big big um, learning moment in in my career, and then I came back to France, and uh, I wasn't really sure about what to do um and then i came across uh, some people who were already working at the french agroforestry association and this is how i entered in the loop and now i'm directing the association uh, nationally could you give us a bit of a overview of what la faf uh, does and what it looks like today as a structure yeah of course so we we work 
our main job is um, what we call uh, group facilitation. So we we work in different regions, in the different regions, trying to have a local um, development approach to agroforestry. Uh, so we gather, of course, pioneer farmers, uh, but also technical experts. Um, and the idea is really to have to identify and, and, and work with pilot farmers um, to make the, um, you know, the, the best practices uh, spread over uh, across, across more farms every day. Uh, so this is our main uh, job historically. Uh, so we have one, one department of that. And then the second department is about research and development. Uh, we'll work a lot more with uh, applied research and with science. Uh, the main thing is really to answer farmers' questions. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's very related, um, and we have a, a lot of demand now on on that kind of thing because, of course, we know a lot, but we still have a lot of questions, uh, especially farmers. So, technical questions, real ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and, and then we work also about. Um, the, the economic aspects of all that, um, so meaning all the market channels um, and how to add value to, to, to what farmers are doing. Um, of course, in, in the, on the economic side, but also on, on raising awareness among consumers. Um, so that's a third department and, and it's a bit newer, but uh, it's growing also quite a lot. Um, and it makes us it makes us work with with the agri food uh, uh, actors um, and quite a lot of companies from from that sector. Um, so it's quite exciting actually. Um, and last but not least, we have an information and communication department, uh, which is more or less like in every organization, right? So altogether, it's about twenty people, uh, paid staff. And then uh, in terms of partner all across the country, we have 120 um, local organization uh, that we will work with every day from, from the field um, expertise to um, teaching and training and, and also a little bit of research, of course, as I said. Wow. Well, I'm sure you're, you're not uh, too bored, quite a program. <laughs> no, they, yeah, that's a busy life. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's a lot of really interesting uh, things going on. And maybe you could give us a few examples of uh, some of the projects you're working on at the moment, uh, just to understand a bit what the face of agroforestry is uh, in France at the moment and uh, your main projects. Again, it's a broad question because we basically work on on a lot of context and a lot of topics. Uh, agroforestry is a is a really broad thing, right? Um, so, what what I could say is that today in France, in in every types of system, you have um, a dynamic that goes towards agroecology and agroforestry, whatever you call it. Um, and I, I would I would specifically mention what happens in the in the vineyard sectors, um, so basically trying to reshape the landscape to 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 improve or to allow uh, 
better management of, of, of the vineyards. Um, that's a big dynamic nowadays uh, due basically to climate change and um, all the problems that we have in, in making wine uh, in a changing climate. Um, uh, we have a lot of drought, we've, we've degraded soil as well, uh, because that's among the most degraded soil, of course. Um, so this is mainly in, you know, the, the regions where, where wine is produced in France. There's quite a few of them, but uh, we work even in the uh, Champagne area. Um, so, so again, a lot of work and a lot of challenge. And of, of course, we, um, we, we don't want to, to really um, fail with that. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a big challenge and, and, and we try to do our best. Um, one thing that, that's really interesting is also to, to work in the livestock sector, uh, which is another sector with, with a lot of demand. Um, due basically also to climate change and, and, and the summer droughts. Uh, so basically how to improve uh, the environment, uh, the animal welfare, and also how to have um, more forage um, in, the in, the, in the dry season. Um, so agroforestry allows us to, to improve both the, uh, the pasture management, um, and also to have a, um, I would say, complementary uh, forage um, due to trees, forage trees, um, or fodder trees, as we call it. Um, so all that is also developing quite a lot. Um, but anyway, we, we work um, in direct relation with farmers every day, and we just try to answer uh, what comes out. Um, and again, we have activities in, in, in a lot of contexts. Um, I should mention as well that France has a, a, a temperate context, but we also have overseas territories in, uh, in the tropics, uh, especially in the Carib Caribbean, for example. And we now have an office as well in, on, on that side of the world. Um, and it's quite inspiring, of course, because you it's tropical agroforestry, which is totally different, but um, um, it's very useful to see what happens in a, uh, in a more dynamic context, of course. Maybe using either the, the vineyard example or the livestock one, I don't know, could you, you tell us what it looks like then? You were talking about working with farmers, so you have some, um, you know, you put up tests, you, you uh, build experiments with them, and then they feed back some data to you, and how does that relationship work? In terms of generating knowledge on agroforestry, yeah, that's a that's a big question um, because of course agroforestry is something not new at all, but that we are rediscovering every day on the field. Um, so there is no expert in agroforestry. <laughs> mm. uh, the expert is the group, and and the the main part of our job is really to uh, facilitate that every day uh, and have groups of of practitioners. Working together, uh, we've been developing methods and tools to allow that every day. Um, and we basically want farmers to be able to have a collective brain and put all their observations together. Um, and then we we try to, of course, uh, um, I would say edit 
those data and summarize the, the main trends. Um, so, for example, in, in, in the vineyard area, uh, if I talk the example of the champagne area again, uh, we have about 80 um, farmers or, or, or technic technical advisors as well uh, working together every day and um, really, um, I would say, um, making observation and putting all that together. We have a, a digital tool um, that works on, on a computer, on, also on a smartphone, uh, so we can share um, we can share photos, we can share uh, measurements, we can share ideas, etc., etc. Um, so it's 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 very exciting. There's something in France called the um, uh, economic and ecological group, which are innovation groups of farmers. Um, there's about 500 in the country now, and about 100 works on on something uh, that goes towards agroforestry. Um, so we really rely very much on those local groups, uh, and and there's a lot a lot to 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 gather every day, uh, of course. I want to go into this issue of knowledge because it's, it's so important when we come to agroforestry and, and any kind of complex system. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to finish a bit of our overview of agroforestry in France. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned a strong demand from um, vineyards and uh, livestock farmers uh, because of the challenges they face with climate change. Would you say that uh, these are the most technically advanced systems though or actually uh um some of the most developed and well researched are maybe you know um alley cropping or um... yeah i would say they are the most urgent mm. systems um i'm not sure what what kind of system is the most advanced because really we are we are late mm. <laughs> we are very late in in every context i think nowadays um but it's progressing very well. I should mention. I mean, it's not. It's not. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, being pessimistic. Um, one one of the systems that we've been working a lot as well um, is poplar agroforestry. Mm -hmm. So uh, in in a diversity of of um, patterns. But you you mentioned alley cropping. Um, I think alley cropping is a is a big. Uh, opportunity as well in some contexts, especially in the um, in the in the grain crops. Um, but what I don't really um, believe in is the is the timber production as such. You know, over 80, 90 years. Um, but on the contrary, we've been working with foresters on. Um, I mean, more more pragmatic models uh, with faster growing species and poplar, poplar being one of them. Um, and of course, what's interesting with this species is that um, there is a, a full industry dedicated to poplar and a very strong demand for, uh, for the um, primary matter, I would say. Um, so as soon as you're able to produce quality poplar, you will have a market after that right um, and poplar agroforestry is a traditional practice 
in many regions of France. So we're trying also to rediscover that and, and make it a bit more um, pragmatic in terms of uh, yeah, economic model, etc. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be able to say what was the best or the most advanced system. I think in every context you have some opportunities and then you want, of course, you want to decide what's, um, what's in line with your objectives, with, with, with the, the work you want to do as well. Because as a farmer, if you plant um, poplar, for example, it's, um, it's a change in, in practice that is very much uh, important, right? You, you need to learn how to, how to prune the trees, how to manage the whole thing. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's really um, um, farmer's decision. Um, and then, of course, you want to know what's possible uh, in every context, depending on the soil and the climate. Mm. This might take us down the rabbit hole a bit earlier on, but I can't resist asking uh, why you're so skeptical about timber production on longer cycles. Uh, well, uh, because I I only believe in in what I've seen, um, and I've never seen that kind of system in in a commercial context, uh, so on farms, that would be um, profitable in the end. Uh, so a lot of research has been done and on modeling all that uh, on experimental sites, but I've never seen this happen in commercial farms um, and rather what we have seen is the limitations uh, that we are facing when we're trying to um, implement that and uh, at bigger scales and and on on farms with farmers who don't really um, probably take um, uh, we who don't really realize uh, how long is the is the work behind that um, and I think it's it's quite uncertain anyway. If you want to do timber, if your main objective is to grow trees for timber, uh, just do forestry. That's the main way of doing. <laughs> it's the most efficient and very well advanced in this case. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think trees on farms can be for timber, but it's just the, the icing on the cake. It shouldn't be the main objective. Um, apart from the, the fast growing species that you, you can integrate more easily in, uh, in, in farming systems, of course, if you grow poplar, it will be over a 20 year cycle, 15 to 20 year, depending on, on, on the context. And I think this is a bit more realistic already for a farmer. What you say really hits home because actually Dimitri recorded a interview with uh, Rowan Reed a few weeks ago and it was really interesting because he's really into uh, producing timber and what I took out of the episode um, was you know how difficult it is if you're not going to process yourself with all the infrastructure a sawmill and all these things it's actually really hard to enter the timber game and harvest uh, wood in a economically um, profitable way you know because of questions of economy of scale because of the problems linked to if you're planting diverse species, who's it going to come and harvest two trees? Yeah, but that's a big issue. And I think we can probably elaborate a little bit on that. Um, I know 
Roland very well. And of course, he's a first of all, he's a very talented practitioner. Uh, he's a really um, um, good manager. Um, but also, he works in Australia, where you can do timber. You can grow timber in 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 thirty years. Um, so this already becomes a bit more realistic uh, in this context. Um, I think what's what's complicated is to grow timber trees on a very long period of time uh, with a lot of uncertainty on the market, on the pests, on everything. Um, a lot of work also to to prune those trees and to shape those trees um, to really have high quality timber in the end. Um, so so yeah it's it's not the most i think pragmatic way of doing agroforestry i'm not saying we shouldn't do it but there is a lot of things we can do before that in terms of in terms of um, management and you, you talked about uh, sawmills etc etc um mm. what we have in france is cooperatives to really share um all the uh, equipments and machineries that we need um, so it it becomes it's not so much of an issue on that side because if you if you get together with um, at the regional scale I would say uh, if you have enough farmers um, going into that kind of things it's um, it's quite easy actually to get organized and you are creating jobs which is good as well. <laughs> Zooming back a bit to the bigger picture of what you do at Lafaf. Um... You mentioned um, the tool you have for sharing knowledge, and I, I really want us to talk about uh, this topic. I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, it's called Land Files. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a user or a, a future active user because I did a, a training uh, on um, uh, fodder trees, and I thought it was great what you guys were doing because to give a bit of context to our listeners, uh, it wasn't just a training. It was then, you know, you had access to uh, a platform to share uh, knowledge and also receiving emails and, and doing webinars and, and moments of exchange uh, for every person to became to actively become a, a source of knowledge. So congratulations for that. It was great. And uh, maybe you want to tell us a bit more about that. First of all, I should mention that it's a it's a farmer's idea as usual. <laughs> um, we've been working with farmers for almost 10 years now uh, on a daily basis uh, in different regions. And of course, we do um, what I call uh, group facilitation. So we have um, activi activities, technical days, trainings, as we said. Um, and, and the farmers are always very motivated and enthusiastic, but they during a long time, they, they mentioned that we should be able to exchange on a daily basis in between uh, the different meetings. Um, so first of all, we uh, we set up uh, what we call um, WhatsApp groups, <laughs> as, as everyone does, I think, these days. Um, and after a time, we, we realized that uh, it was really a, a shame because we we're not... Uh, gaining any knowledge as such we're just uh, exchanging but then we lose everything right um so land files has come as a, a solution to that uh, taking the, the the basics of a social no, a social um, network of course uh, 
but but with uh, some functionalities that have been developed uh, for agriculture development uh, and specifically for that. So basically, uh, whatever happens is recorded um, plot by plots and farms by farms. And then we are able to go back in history <laughs> and and see what happens and really analyze some, some concrete transitions. Um, and it's some kind of, uh, I would say, big case studies uh, in real life context. So then you can also uh, compare different contexts. Uh, you can also have some um, uh, participatory experiments, um, which is also something we, we're trying to um, to encourage. Um, and yeah, so so as you mentioned, also it's um, it's a big tool to um, to do some follow up after uh, after technical days and trainings, uh, because of course trainings are also something very important but if you only consider it as okay i've done my training now i'm good uh it's never going to change the world uh so what we wanted is to have a training as a um i would say a starting point and then after the training you want those people to implement uh, and keep creating and the, the knowledge and transferring the knowledge uh, between each other uh, so that's what Landfires allows us to do as well. But do you have the manpower? Uh, because it's it's such a huge job to then extract from all this data and this experience to actually extract uh, you know conclusions and and be able to see patterns. Is that something that you're able to do today in your organization, or is it just a kind of peer to peer tool uh, where farmers can gain what they can? Yeah, initially it was a peer to peer tool, um, which was already quite a good thing i think and and now we're trying to um develop uh some projects with different partners from the r d sectors um and also the more um yeah even fundamental research uh with data scientists etc etc um to to try and see what we can get from these um big big quantity of datas um, which what's interesting is that each data is associated to a context because um, of course if you have data if some farmer tells you that look I've tried this and it works if you don't know anything about the context it's not an information it's not useful but as, as soon as you have the context uh, and you have a, a lot of information in, in, in that pattern I would say then you you are able to see uh, what's it, it's it's not statistics, but it's uh, it's about probability of when I do that. Um, in most of the cases, I can get bad results, and also you can you can really um, identify the condition for for success. Uh, wow. So we, we we assess both the successes and the failures, of course, because both are interesting. Um, but that uh, story, it's it's only the start of of a bigger story, of course, and and we need, as you as you mentioned, we are um, desperate about how much work we get every day uh, with all that and and the different projects we are running. Uh, but the team is uh, growing slowly but surely, and also we work in partnership with uh, uh, 
more and more people. So, um, so it's, um, it's promising, I think. Wow. And then, uh, how are you considering feeding back this information to farmers once you've identified these pan patterns and these probabilities? Well, you have different types of, um, of, of things you can work. If you work at the group level, uh, like you know the training and then the follow up on, on implementation you are able to come back one or two years later with the same group and see uh, uh the um the, the i would say the new knowledge that has been developed um answer new questions as well uh so it's it's like a second level training uh that's one type of uh, of activities that we can do Uh, second thing is that uh, we can identify some case studies um, and really have the full story across uh, several years, uh, even if we like. Um, so, so it's really uh, important because what we what we noticed is that farmers don't necessarily need um, statistics and you know very clear figures and very um, very accurate stuff. What they want is to have clear and concrete examples of other farmers doing things in a in a similar context that as the one they are they are um, uh, working in. Um, so it's really about having a um, a big quantity of data and then being able to to give everyone what he or she needs. Yeah, and. With land files, I think you've already answered part of uh, the, the problem of the knowledge gap and the amount of knowledge required. But um, even if you have peer-to-peer -peer information, uh, agroforestry remains very knowledge intensive. Uh, let's say you're uh, you know, um, a farmer that has a certain type of production. Integrating trees means that you also need to uh, integrate new types of expertise, like working with the tree, pruning it, planting it, protecting it. Um, How do you think we can overcome this 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 barrier of of uh, how how much knowledge is required and that can be a problem for farmers? Well, I think it's it's just what we call agriculture. Um, it's about observation and adaptation every day, especially now in a context of of climate change and so much challenges that we're facing, of course. Um, but I think the only way of doing that is and. Um, The only way of uh, overcoming those those issues is really to get together and being able to work as a team. Um, and the main problem that we we see now in in the uh, in the countryside is that you have less and less farmers. Um, in France, for example, you have 500,000 farmers, so which is about one percent of the population, and this one percent is managing almost 55% of the country. So you have a lot of um, spreading of, of people, which means a lot of spreading of the knowledge and the brain power, right? So you have a lot of challenges to, to tackle. The whole society expects the farmers to solve everything from climate change to food quality to uh, sustainable uh, water management, etc., etc. And you have very few people To, to, to do that and no tool to allow them to work together. So that's the main issue. 
And we are in the 21st century, come on. <laughs> we, we, we can overcome that. It's just about methods and tools and really being willing to, to, to achieve that. Uh, and once we have everything, um, really it's not, I, I don't think it's such a big issue to, of course, we need 10 to 15 years probably to, to do the transition. But it can go a lot faster than than before because before what what used to happen is that you you were being taught by by your dad who were taught by your granddad etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so generation after generation you were able to gain knowledge, but you needed probably 10, 12 generations to really master your context. Um, and if you change farmers. From one region to another, they, they would get lost. <laughs> um, so right now we have to go faster in reinventing the, the way we are farming, um, and I think we can do that with uh, all the technologies that we have nowadays and the ability to really cross uh, all the observations and and um, and feedbacks and experiences. So to me, it's, uh, it's more of a social problem than a technical one. I'm feeling inspired now. <laughs> Let's do it. Would you say today that uh, the different agroforestry systems you're working with have an established economic model? Uh, or is it uh, a challenge to find the place uh, of the tree in the, in the farm economy? Well, in France, I would say no. Uh, it's it's not well established yet, economically speaking. It's, it's a bit strange, maybe, because for, for many countries, France is considered as uh, the leading country, at least in Europe, uh, with with a bit of uh, advance in um, in in the transition. Um, actually, I I think nowadays we we are facing um, some kind of shortcomings. Um, that agroforestry has been developed as a um, a landscaping activity. Um, so it's like you're planting trees um, because you feel you feel good in planting trees. You you yeah, you're kind of uh, uh, curing your, yourself about about the world's problems, uh, and and of course the media is also uh, responsible for that. I think. Uh, so you still have a lot of people and companies um, committing to plant a lot of trees uh, in a very short period of time to really uh, save the world. Um, and we all believe in that, but um, actually it's, it's not going to happen this way, right? In agroforestry, we we don't want a lot of trees in a short amount of time. We want the right tree in the right place with the right management strategy. Um, and this is a bit more complicated, of course, um, and which means that planting trees is is something essential. But we also have to gain knowledge in um, managing agroforestry systems at the system level. Uh, so I, I always say that agroforestry is two thirds of agronomy and one third of everything else. Uh, and many people talk about agroforestry as being just tree planting on a farm, uh, which is um, which is of course a, a, a little bit simplistic. Um, so in terms of economy, um, we still have to to uh, I think improve 
our um, understanding of that. There are good examples, um, but of course, um, models are many. Um, for the popular agroforestry that I mentioned earlier, uh, we have now a very good economical and and uh, um, or economic and and, and agronomic um, models that are quite uh, robust and quite viable. Um, but it's not the same for 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 all the agroforestry system that we are working on. Uh, we still have a lot of uh, work on the pipe. <laughs> yeah, and there's such as you mentioned, there's such a diversity of systems. So I kind of, as soon as I said uh, agroforestry systems, I regretted the term because it actually refers to such a diversity of practices that it almost we should ban that term. But uh, <laughs> um, it's really interesting. But you know. Maybe I had the the wrong impression as well that I felt like France was uh, at the forefront of agroforestry, but you you seem to be saying that not necessarily. Are there other countries um, a bit in similar context that are you think doing a, a better job at advancing those the the kind of economic basis of it? Well, it's not an easy question because now I I have to uh, choose <laughs> um, who to mention. Basically, what I could say is that in Europe, we have a European Agroforestry Federation, uh, which is um, very um, dynamic and, and efficient, as well as uh, gathering everyone. Um, and we can see that in almost every country of Europe, uh, there are some, some things happening, uh, good things. Um, and, and really, it's... Um, you could go to Italy, to Belgium, to uh, to the Czech Republic. Uh, all those countries are, are really making good progress towards reintegrating trees in in the farming landscapes. Um, but again, what what I should mention is that um, agroforestry is about um, transitioning from the the an agro uh, an agriculture with uh, with of course little trees to a farming system with more trees, but it's also about re-activating the soil and the landscape fertility. So uh, we should integrate agroforestry in uh, in a broader framework of uh, agroecological transition. Uh, and we work a lot on um, uh, conservation agriculture as well, and that kind of uh, practices that goes together um, with with the tree side and agroforestry is really to my view and to many of us um is the um uh really the uh reunion i would say of um agronomy and trees so trees are a big part but but agroforestry is not limited to planting trees or managing trees and i think it's important to especially when you talk about uh, the economic side of it. it. It's very important to have this system approach. But um, are you seeing certain patterns emerging already uh, in terms of maybe some systems, uh, you mentioned the, the popular system already, but some systems being uh, more challenging than others, or maybe uh, that a certain scale uh, is required uh, for them to be, um, to be successful? I'm not sure of that. I think in, in every context, you have some valid uh, techniques and options. 
um, and what we are lacking is right now is is field expertise um, to being really to being able to um, advise farmers um, not only uh, in one moment but on a number of years uh, to really um, um, run this transition altogether but on each farm and sometimes on each plot uh, you have to um, uh, to really adapt uh, a set of practices that is really adapted to to that context um, and right now in France we, we are lacking expertise in in many regions uh, farmers are quite keen on on trying and and discovering I would say or rediscovering agroforestry um, but what they don't want or what they won't be interested in for for many years is is to just um, having a landscape uh, approach like I'm doing a postcard uh, and they tell me that it's saving the world and that's it we have to integrate that uh, in the agronomy and in the economy and that's not an easy an easy thing as well uh, of course so <laughs> so so the when we talked about teaching and training I think it's a key thing uh, and technical advice is also a, a big part of the story Related to this question on economics, uh, there's the question of how to finance the transition towards um, agroforestry. And, you know, I know that, you know, in France and in Europe in general, uh, the cap payment system is huge in farm economics. Uh, and I know that there's also some public subsidies coming out for trees. I wanted to understand, uh, in your view, um, you know, how are the are they encouraging the proper, the right tree at the right place, as you were saying? Uh, and, and what kind of agroforestry systems are they pushing for uh, in terms of public funding? Paradoxically, I think funding is not a problem. It's not the problem. Um, the problem is to being able to uh, advise every farmer in his transition, his or her transition. Um, and as, as soon as you do that, um it's a, there's a long work before you plant your trees <laughs> uh, most of the time farmers face very you know daily problems in terms of soil fertility in terms of uh, water balance in terms of forage uh during the summer as i said for for their livestock and if you're not solving those um problems that are problems that are facing now in the present uh, you won't be able to to you know make farmer invest in the future um, because just because they are they are facing those problems right now and, and you should tackle them first. Um, so the key thing I think is to to be able to have enough expertise again on the field. And of course, then there's an investment. Um, and in France, we are lucky enough to have, um, possibilities of um, you know, different types of, uh, of financing, whether public or private. Um, I think if if you take it this way, there is no problem. If you take it in the in the other way, like uh, there is money to plant trees, are you interested? In this case, you're going to probably fail. Um, you're going to, of course. Uh, spend your money and plant your trees, but they won't. They won't really um, provide what you're expecting from them. Um, 
So in in our team, uh, there are people working on um, on fundraising, and what I always say is, if you have, um, for example, funders, potential funders, companies, etc., that if if those people ask you to plant a, a given number of tree for a given amount of money, just just go away from that. Just go to the next contributor because um, it's not solving the problem ever. And uh, we've been doing that for 40, 50 years now in many countries. Um, and again, um, you know, tree tree funding is, uh, is, is, is not the solution to, to do sustainable development. Uh, it's a mean, it's not, uh, it's not the start of the story. I see what you mean, but the reason why I was asking is, um, you know, often uh, the cap payment system, because of its scale, is very bureaucratic. And then on the other hand, you were uh, explaining to us how context-specific each agroforestry system has to be, how every situation is different, every context. And I was just wondering if, if there's a tension there, because I remember uh, looking at some funding uh, opportunities on planting trees, and it was very precise on the number of trees per hectare, uh, you know, and, and what essences were available. Mm-hmm. And uh, instinctively, when I saw that, I thought, okay, well, it's great because you get some money to plant trees, but it also kind of ties your hands technically mm-hmm. and, and to a certain extent as well. Yeah, but I think we have now many opportunities um, on or many ways on how to fund projects. Uh, and it's our, one of our jobs is to, to really uh, identify uh, the right, um, um, what we call that, um, the right financing um, tool um, for each project, right? Um, so again, if you're able to 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 really have quality advice, uh, and then you know exactly what you have to do on those on on this farm, for example, what this farmer wants to do and what he's able to do, uh, and then you know how much it costs. Uh, after that, it's quite easy to go and get funds uh, and to really identify the the, the most uh, adapted uh, funding. But it's not it's not the way it happens usually uh, because, of course, as you said, uh, funders are um, basically they set the objectives before knowing uh, what's the need, <laughs> and also they set the same objective for. Uh, a whole region, if not the whole country. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nightmare for us because um, you have plenty of projects that are already here and and it cannot match with what the funders want. Um, so again, what we're trying to do is really to identify everything and then do some legal work, you know, <laughs> between the the opportunities and the demand. Um, but again, uh, this is the reason why I mentioned that uh, what we are lacking now is is the those people who, with enough technical expertise to really do the job in the right uh, order, um, and then and then go and get the funds in the proper way. Um, so yeah, I I agree with what, with with your impression. Um, you were mentioning private funders as well. Um, who are we talking to at this moment? Who who wants to be investing money in in a transition towards agroforestry? Well, I would say in terms of profile, I would say um, almost everyone 
at least a wide range of uh, of uh, people and companies and uh, and and funders, um, whether from the agri food sector or for from from totally other sectors, uh, transport, airlines, um, even cosmetic brands, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so again, I think it's a good opportunity, but we shouldn't fall in um, what we could call greenwashing or tree washing, uh, as we say now, because <laughs> uh, basically there's a, a kind of a competition between companies. You know, uh, the first one said, I commit to plant 100,000 trees. And then the one next door said, I will plant a million trees. And then the next one said, I plant 10 million trees. Now I think some some companies, they are at least at 100,000, 100 billion, sorry, trees or, or even a billion or whatever. Um, and this is just a nonsense because, again, we, we, we don't want, at least for agroforestry, uh, we don't want many trees, but we want the proper trees. Uh, and it's actually, the, the perfect agroforestry is actually um a landscape with with trees in 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 many contexts um but in a in quite scattered way um it's not really dense most of the time um so as i said again if if you want to plant a lot of trees if you want to do timber trees all that is for the forestry sector it's not for agroforestry assume just just one um one addition to that, um, I noticed from my experience that as soon as you start counting trees or setting an objective in number of trees, you're not going to the right path. You mentioned companies um, wanting to plant trees. I, I heard in some of those motives may be linked to carbon sequestration or all these issues around climate change. Do we also see companies wanting to plant trees to change, for example, their value chain or actual change their way of doing business? Yeah, very much, actually. Um, I think the carbon footprint is is one way of seeing things. And of course, it's a major at the moment. Um, but what, what we always try to to say is, um, look, again, just do some something sensible for farmers. Um, just, just do some real agroforestry development on the field and then of course you will it will be positive in terms of carbon and and we will be able to assess your impact if you like but don't start talking about carbon um because it's a it's a consequence it shouldn't be a, a starting point uh, what we want uh is to build a sustainable a more sustainable and profitable agriculture is not to offset carbon footprint because if you if you only want to do that again you, you are able to do that in different kinds of ways that will be very efficient in storing carbon but that they won't be efficient at all in terms of sustainability of the of the farming model um, so so it's a trap most of the time and anyway we work uh, also with um, with ag the agri-food sector um, more and more actors nowadays wanting to uh, really have some, um, you know, CSR uh, uh, approaches and um, 
being a bit more responsible in in producing their um, their primary matter, um, and then some of them don't even talk about carbon. Surprisingly, so it's about really quality and um, social impact uh, of their activities and the environmental impact as well. Um, apart from carbon, uh, if you talk about biodiversity, for example, it's a big issue nowadays and a big concern for 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 most of those actors. Hmm, that's really interesting. So you're really seeing a an avenue for change there with uh, working with big economic actors um, on these issues. Yeah, it's it's not the easiest part, um, but it's now starting to be very interesting. Um, and the key thing is really to know where you want to go. Because, of course, if you just want to take money from a company, um, I think it's doable. But... Um, the easiest way is to just again sell some impact or some intention or some story that you won't even be able to write in in reality. Um, so I think it's um, it's very it's our responsibility to work with everyone, but really be extremely ambitious um, on what we are doing and what we are going to invest this money for. Um, and it's not the easiest part when you try talking about, um, when you start, sorry, talking about uh, agricultural development and, uh, uh, you know, facilitating the transition to a, a certain number of farmers, say 200 farmers. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and not very, uh, probably sexy uh, as, as tree planting can be uh, as such. One theme I was very curious about is commercialization. As, as farmers include trees in their productive systems, it often means uh, having additional products to sell. How do you think uh, we can organize and facilitate uh, selling diversity for a farmer? Agroforestry should always go with, with an additional income eventually. That's the definition. Uh, I would say. Um, but then the key thing is really to uh, adapt the system to, to what the farmers want to do uh, on his or her farm. Um, and this is why I was mentioning that the technical advice is very important um, because you won't be able to really um, let the thing go and then uh, decide. <laughs> you have to decide at first and really analyze the constraints and opportunities. Um, and from there, you build uh, something that is tailored to, uh, to, to the farm you, you, are, uh, uh, you are helping to transition. Um, so there shouldn't be a problem if you do things again in the right order. Um, but then, of course, you have to assess the productivity of that of that new system and maybe the need for um, additional work, which means creation of additional jobs, for example. Uh, so all this has to be um, planned. Uh, otherwise, it can be a, a big issue at some point uh, if you didn't uh, anticipate. But it seems it also requires 
uh, again, some kind of collective work. Uh, you mentioned cooperatives earlier on. I'm not sure it necessarily has to go through them, but at some point, uh, organizing what in French we call filière, and I don't know how mm -hmm. the English world, uh, I apologize yeah, for English Market listeners. channels, I would say. Yeah, market <laughs> channels. Uh, but also, you know, in the case of people doing direct selling, they might need to have collective transformation units or whatever the product is. Uh, I often feel that, you know, when you're a farmer uh, diversifying so, you know, a lot, uh, it can be hard to do so alone in your corner. Well, it depends really on the system. Um, if you have a, a poultry farmer and that farmer wants to produce uh, walnuts, it's a very efficient system to have walnuts uh, above your poultry <laughs> on the same on the same piece of land. And by the way, it's one of the most um, profitable systems that we have been uh, working on. Um, the, the, the economic results of both system is really uh, impressive. Um, of course, um, on, a, on a hectare basis, right? Um, uh, on, a, on, a piece, on a piece of land uh, that is relatively small most of the time, but, um, but that's really having two productions uh, on top of each other. Uh, so in this case, um, you, you you might be quite self sufficient in um, in in really developing your 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 model. Um, then of course, if you want to produce, for example, uh, wood pellet for for energy um, for fuel wood, um, in that case, uh, it's more of a regional project, um, and you need a a bunch of farmer to get together and um and really work on that uh, and also it's about it's about new tree planting but it's also about uh managing the existing trees and the existing hedges most of the time so this is this is more of, of a collective project in that case we have a few of them uh, that are quite uh, um quite well established in different regions of France um, including one in in the Caribbean, as I said earlier. Um, so so it really depends on on context and opportunities. Um, and what we try to do when we work in a region is really to assess, uh, and that's the very first point, to assess what are the, the main opportunities in this region. Because in some regions, we would be able to do. Um, to produce uh, fuel wood from from hedges, for example, and it will be a very big lever for change. And in other regions, it's not an option for uh, local uh, um, economic and political reasons. Uh, so it's really important to to know where you are and to assess the context before you start thinking about uh, what's doable. And then once you know what's doable, economically speaking, and in terms of soil and climate, you can go and, and, uh, and see what your farmers want to do, but really uh, sticking to, to what's doable <laughs> to, among the, the, the doable options. Because uh, it's, it's a nonsense as well to say, I would like to do that. But if it's not possible in your context, if your soil is not adapted to that, uh, you're dreaming. 
you know so it's uh, it's important to have this um, this uh, initial analysis um, and again it's it's why I was pointing out that we need uh, more expertise and at least more people uh, in the different regions in agroforestry we're often talking about for example supporting systems such as hedges that can create ecosystem services and and support a crop and benefit the crop, for example, in certain contexts. But we're also talking about, as you said, walnuts over chickens, which is an actual crop being produced and being stacked on top of another enterprise. Could be, for example, timber intercropping, etc. Uh, you know, like timber production stacked on top of a grain production. But I'm curious in practice when you know, because this is what's really interesting with with talking to you here is that what you know we can see, we can hear through you what's been implemented in practice on. On, on a few on a hundreds of projects or a hundred projects I don't know exactly how much it is in France um, do you what do you see more of what do farmers in practice tend more towards is it do they always manage to reach the the the, the I mean the the optimal end result of having you know supporting systems plus managing to produce from them plus super well integrated with the other crops that they have are we where, where are we dreaming and where not <laughs> Well, you know, you're not dreaming at all, but you, we have to, to really keep in mind and mention that, first of all, it's a transition. So you won't do that from one day to another. Uh, and the farms that, are, that we can consider as uh, mature agroforestry farms now uh, are in this, uh, in this path since sometimes even 15 years, okay? But at least a number of years, at least 8 to 10 years. Um, so it's a process, um, and it's it's good that it is a process because it's a change in in in, in practices uh, that is really important, and the farmers really really need to to also gain knowledge um, and be able to learn the, this new way of farming. Basically, um, then the other um, the other point here is that. Um, Agroforestry is something that we are inventing or reinventing every day, as I said. You don't have the uh, ultimate agroforestry handbook, and uh, you won't ever have it, uh, just because it's practice uh, and knowledge exchange. So, um, so yeah, as we mentioned already a little bit, agroforestry is not black and white. It's always there's always a margin for improvement. Uh, in every context, so we we start from where we are, and and then every day it's a it's a process of improvement. Um, and yes, of course, we have farms uh, that have transitioned uh, long enough, I would say, to have both a an economically viable and robust system, uh, and also some. Uh, significant change in terms of uh, ecosystem services uh, i think the most uh, tricky part is is the economic side um, but you know as soon as you have an agroforestry system that is economically viable first of all it means that it, it is it has um, more 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 chances to be um, sustainable okay sustainability is really uh, is directly linked to profitability um, and then once you you reach this point 
the ecosystem services are just a bonus. Um, and you will have everything coming together. Just it's, it's about, it's what Tiger Forestry is. It's, it's the magic. <laughs> uh, you have, uh, you have uh, impact on the biodiversity, on the water cycle, on the climate, on the microclimate locally as well. Um, as soon as your trees grow properly, all this will go with, with the package. It will come together. But your trees have to grow, and this is the hardest part. Uh, whilst we're on this economics um, aspect, I, I just wanted to understand what you said earlier on about, uh, you know, when you said, uh, we asked if, if, if we had reached a point where economically agroforestry was established, and you said, you know, not yet. And I, I just wanted to understand a bit more why you had said not yet. In, in most of the examples, um, it's, it's not, I would say it's not uh, mature enough to my view. But yes, we have examples uh, that are okay. um, established, that are analyzed, and, and we have some economic models in uh, a number of systems that are perfectly well known. Um, because as I said, we, we, we do some research and development that it's, it's practically what we are trying to do every day to look at the concrete example and analyze the transition, um, the cost, the, the, the type and the amount of work, and then the profit, um, in the short, mid and, and long-term basis. Um, so right now, um, Yes, we have examples and we have the information, but what I was saying is that most of what we call agroforestry uh, is not yet robust enough, economically speaking, to my view. Um, and to my view, it shouldn't be called agroforestry. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, that's, uh, that's the, um, I don't know what you call that, uh, but it's, it's, it's like a very, um, well-known word now and uh, everyone is using it uh, but agroforestry implies uh, economy and it implies a, a very uh, systemic approach about uh, about the farm and, and and its economy of course i just wanted to ask uh, which uh, types of systems are you specifically referring to uh, that in your opinion shouldn't be called agroforestry well, every system that um, that are just here to to be planting trees um, as um, some kind of landscaping, as I was saying earlier, um, we have plenty of people planting planting hedges, for example, and saying that look, it's going to bring bring back some biodiversity, which is of course uh, realistic. As soon as your as your tree grows properly, of course, if the tree doesn't grow, you won't have any ecosystem service. Uh, you don't have you won't have enough biomass, enough habitat, enough whatever you like. Um, so, but those those systems that are the really the most important ones in terms of uh, quantity, most of the time they have no economic model behind. Uh, so that's what I was trying to mention. I'm not saying it's uh, I'm not saying it's 
not useful or it's not a, an interesting step. Um, but if we want it to be sustainable, it has to be profitable, which is why I was I was uh, pointing out this. But uh, to, to to take the example of a hedge, then let's say uh, you're a farmer and uh, you plant a hedge, you know, as a windbreak. Uh, let's take the livestock example. You know, I put hedges in to provide shade uh, to my cows uh, and maybe a bit of fodder, etc. Would that would you be happy with that result? Saying okay, it's improving my production system, or does does for you it necessarily implies an additional production? Well, it's um, no. I think it's uh, if if the if a windbreak allows you to basically keep growing uh, a crop or um, or having livestock. Of course, it's. Uh, it's economically sensible uh, you know in plenty of regions you don't even know if you will be able tomorrow to have livestock uh, in, in in the pastures etc etc so if it's well thought in this way that you were um, describing um, I think it's good enough of course you could go uh, beyond that and have a, a proper economy for those trees or those hedges um, in such a way that um, the trees will um, pay for what they take in terms of space and and time uh, and and time for 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 management, of course. Um, but in many ways, still you you have hedges that cost a lot to the farmers, and they are just seen as a, a boundary, um, you know, or a, a maybe a fence, a kind of a living fence. But they they take a lot in terms every year. Uh, in terms of um, uh, cleaning and uh, and uh, and maintaining, uh, without having any uh, economic model behind, and I think this is um, one of the main reasons why why trees and hedges are seen as a as a charge, as something costly uh, and time consuming. So in this case, if you look at the landscape with those kind of hedges, uh, most of the time quite um, quite low hedges just for for the sake of having it at the boundary of a, of a field in those case um, you in that in that case you you could you could call it agroforestry but um, but it's not really what we want because in in, in those in those landscapes the, the the number of trees and hedges are, are still decreasing just because they are seen as a uh, as a problem by farmers and uh, as something that doesn't pay for for what they cost i mean when, when you're looking at even the the fastest let's take the timber example or even a hedge even for fast growing trees such as a poplar or a black locust and which mm -hmm. you're going to harvest in maybe 20 years if you're producing maybe biomass it could be a, a faster cycle with other trees etc but the, the, the question is is often Whatever happens in agroforestry when you're dealing with trees, you've got a, a long term, it's a long term project. And that's a barrier to entry for farmers because they're even for these fast systems, they're they're taking the costs of managing it, but they're not they're only going to benefit in many years. So we're not talking here of 90 year you know, oak systems. Um, and, and so how do you see in the field farmers um, going beyond this boundary? 
how do you, as the FF, can, um, um, help farmers to deal with this? Well, first of all, um, this is one of the reasons why having a system based only on slow-growing timber trees is not realistic to my view. Um, so you can have a long-term profit, but you should also have a mid-term or short-term profit in the same system. So this is um, how we are trying to uh, design our systems. Uh, you should always have those different time scales. Um, and again, on the tree side, but also on the crop side, that most of the time you can do a lot also to improve the, the model. Um, and then one thing, um, we talked about financing. Um, there are opportunities, I think, today's in, in today in some some types of system, and we could take again the example of Poplar, where um, the industry is able to reinvest um, in the production of quality uh, primer matter. Uh, and in that case, the farmer is able to to have some um, intermediary revenue for his work. Um, so, so those systems are starting to 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 be developed in in some some context and some uh, some part of um, some some types of market. Um, for example, for for the popular, we're working now on uh, on that type of systems. So, really having a contract for um, for production of a, of a quality. Uh, wood in the end, but with the the commitment of a uh, of the industry behind. So a security, a guarantee for the farmer who knows that if he gets involved with this business and he does a, a an, an okay job at letting the trees grow, or a good job at getting the trees grow, he he has guaranteed a certain income. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like us to maybe move on to this to the last section I had in in mind, which is uh, going back to a bit more technical design aspects, just because I think a lot of our listeners uh, are in the field trying to find solutions. Um, so in this final part, uh, I was wondering, Fabien, of course, you know, I don't want to ask you to make any generalizations, but are there some uh, recurring mistakes uh, that you see in the conception and implementation of agroforestry systems that you would like to share with our listeners? I'll try not to, to repeat too much what I've been saying already, but uh, what we see very often is um, mistakes in, in choosing the right tree, uh, adapting to the context. Um, so that's a, a very common mistake. Um, and again, it's a, it, it's a question of expertise and initial uh, diagnosis. But then um, one thing also I think is and maybe it's even more specific to France, uh, we tend to plant uh, trees at final density in agroforestry. Um, so basically, I plant a tree and I want it to, to grow um, and have this, um, you know, ultimate quality that I'm, um, that I'm expecting. Um, and I'm not sure it's realistic when, when you work with trees 
to 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 work with that kind of mindset because basically if you look at what what foresters do since centuries ago um they plant more trees than what they need in, in the end right and then they do some some selection some thinning some etc etc um and i think we should um rediscover a little bit the the basics of silviculture uh, in agroforestry as well uh, and this is even more important in the context of of climate change where uh, we don't really know uh, what's going to happen next. Um, so, so yeah, planting more trees and and giving giving us the opportunity to to select. Uh, it's it, I think is important. Um, having the right mix, and trying to also integrate, um, probably new species um, to to really. Kind of anticipate uh, climate change effects. Um, all these are, are questions that we are trying to tackle uh, nowadays. What about uh, planting a diversity vs planting a single species? Is that something that you're also working with at the moment? Yeah, of course, Al- always. I-, I think we should we should have a mix, as I said, and it's uh, it's really important. Um, which doesn't mean that, for example, uh, if you work with um, walnut uh, above chicken, um, of course your main species will be walnut, uh, and that's the sensible way of doing it. Uh, and if it's the project, if it's what farmer the farmer wants to do, you you have to go with that. But then you could you could always do things in the boundaries to add more diversity and have you know. Um, uh, hedges, for example, uh, to integrate that in in the broader landscape, um, and have some um, corridors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is always what we try to do uh, to add as much diversity as possible um, in terms of species, but also inside every species to have um, a diverse a genetic diversity. Um, so, for example, if you plant, if you want to plant walnut again, you would choose a diversity of varieties, um, just because, yeah, of course, you want to um, not put all all the eggs in the same basket. I was wondering, in terms of um, tree genetics, uh, are you able to find uh, good nurseries to work on to try and, uh, in that diversity, already bring uh, genetics that might be more adapted to climate change? Or is that something you're not uh, focusing on as a priority? Well, it's it's one of the priorities, yes, because the quality, the the genetic quality is is the key thing. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's what determines everything else. Um, so yes, we do work with um, with tree nurseries. Um, there's still a lot of work to do because, um, of course. In, in, in agroforestry, um, we have a diversity of contexts and we have complicated contexts for trees. Um, trees are, um, I would say, they need, they need the most fertile soil, right? If you look at the forest, uh, the soil quality in the forest is, is the best one. And trees always come in the ecological succession when, when the soil is already fertile enough. 
Um, and when you try to plant trees on farmlands, most of the time you put them in a in a in a complicated context in this case because most of the soils are degraded. Um, so so you need to be really looking at genetics and 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 good quality uh, of um, of seedlings as well. Um, and again, uh, this is also the reason why every time you should, every time you plant a tree, you should also um, adapt your agronomy and um, and be good at your uh, at soil management practices. Just because that's that's the the only um, way your trees can can grow properly and provide you your, your services and your. Uh, and your diversity of incomes in the French context, because it's the one where, of course, you know the um, the most about. Uh, if if you if I'm a farmer and I, I'm thinking about agroforestry, I'm interested in um, what is what are the the, the next steps for me? Uh, who do I contact and where do I start? Well, one of the main contacts I think is is agroforestry.fr, <laughs> uh, and we have uh, of course a phone number and. Um, a contact email, etc. Uh, so we try to to answer everyone, and then depending on the region, we can put them in contact with uh, with local partners. Um, and then, yeah, I think farmers should just go and talk with all the farmers. Um, and if you, when you're able to get together the the ones who want to do and the ones who have already done. Uh, is the best way I think of uh, of learning and identifying the the best solution for everyone. Do you think that uh, there's an agroforestry system for every context, or can you think of some situations where it's just better to leave trees out of the agricultural field? That's a very good question. Uh, my experience has shown me that um, there's no sustainable agriculture without trees. At least I've not seen that in my life. It might exist, but I don't believe in that yet, because um, I only believe in what I've seen, as I, I was saying in the beginning. Um, so I think we it, it's already well known that we need to have trees in the farming system. And now the very big question is how? And that's where it starts to be interesting. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, agroforestry is adaptable, I think, to every context, and it's um, it's a necessity. But then, of course, uh, you won't do the same thing in 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 every context and um, in every types of systems. Bouncing back to this interview with Rowan Reed, because I think it was very thought provoking. Uh, at one point, he he said that um, you know the context between Australia and Europe was very different, and that um, uh, for example, in, in Australia, farmers couldn't uh, afford uh, to plant trees in the same way because uh, because they had much less subsidies, they had to be much more flexible. And he was saying that, uh, you know, putting trees in the in the agricultural field, uh, in entreparcellaire, mm -hmm. for him uh, didn't make much sense because it tied down farmers for too long periods of time when, for him, um, you know, you needed a maximum of, of flexibility. Um do you agree with that uh, in the European context, or? Well, I think alley cropping is um, is one type um, of practice, and it's um, 
it's valid in uh, in some contexts, but probably not not too many of them. Probably I would say twenty percent. Um, eighty percent is everything else. Um, but alley cropping is quite useful when you have bigger plots, basically. So the first thing is really to see what you can do in the boundaries. Uh, and you can always do a lot of things, uh, field boundaries, um, the road verges as well, uh, the riparian uh, areas, etc., etc. And once you've done that, if you have plots that you think are, are still too big, you can divide them up a little bit more through alley cropping systems. Um, that's that's the way I try to to put it. Um, it's like building a building a house, right? You have uh, the the first walls, and then you can you can divide and have more more rooms, etc., etc. Um, but you should start with the beginning, of course. Um, so it's the same here. You, again, it's um, it's a transition over a number of years, uh, and we should go from from the easiest part. To the, the the hardest and the most um, the most committing parts as well, um, yeah. So I agree. I agree with uh, what Ron was saying. Well, thank you so much, Fabien, for uh, taking the time to talk to us. It was really a fascinating conversation, and we really hope to have you on for a next uh, episode uh, some other time. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, all useful links are below. Please consider supporting the podcast by donating on our website or by just contributing content and questions for our future episodes.